What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Self Helpless. I'm Kelsey Cook. I'm Delaney Fisher. And today we are going to be talking about um, a very intense topic for me, but I felt like this was the time, like I feel ready to talk about this now, I think on the podcast, because I have started to talk about it a little bit on stage. And we're going to be talking about dementia and my experience with it i know i've mentioned several times in the last two years that i've had a family member um with health problems and um it is my mom and fuck i didn't think i was gonna cry i really thought i was gonna like not i don't know i don't know why i didn't think i was gonna cry this episode but i thought i i've just been feeling good this morning yeah and i didn't think i was gonna um damn it Anyway, um, so it's my mom, and my mom has something called frontotemporal dementia. And so we're going to just talk today about what that is and what um, her experience has been, what my experience has been. And yeah, I just, I have kept it so private for two years because the rest of my life is very public and this is obviously such a sacred uh personal thing that I didn't really know how much I wanted to let people in on it besides my um of course my close friends and family but it's gotten to a point now where I have become very uh it's a very isolating experience to have somebody in your life go through something like this and I just thought, you know, I, I had started to talk about it on stage a little bit in the past few months after shooting my special. And I was having people come up to me afterward and saying, 
thank you so much for for talking about it. I have a family member with dementia. Uh, it's it's so hard. I, I really appreciate you connecting in that way. <clears throat> and so the more I've opened up about it, it feels like I'm sure within our amazing self-helpless community, there are listeners who also have experiences with people in their life that have dementia. And I just thought it's at that place where I would like to connect more with people about it uh, rather than feeling so isolated. So that's part of why I felt like I'm ready to start talking about it. So, yes. Uh, This is coming out at the end of February. I will be uh, on the road a bunch in March. I will be in Cincinnati, Kearney, Minneapolis. And then in April, I will be um, in, let's see, San Francisco, Rosemont, Chicago, Denver. So many more coming up. You can go to KelseyCook.com and get your tour date tickets. How about you, Del? Yeah, and you can head over to DelaneyFisher.com to get the Minimalist Business Podcast. It is a private show, but it's completely free. And uh, we help licensed mental health professionals grow their business, but all entrepreneurs and business owners are welcome if you're interested in learning how to scale a business simply. Nice. Yes. Nice, nice. Um, Well, I haven't known exactly where to start talking about this, but maybe I can just explain a little bit of what frontotemporal dementia is. Sure. and, And how that kind of came to be, the diagnosis. So frontotemporal dementia um it's it's actually an umbrella term for a group of brain disorders that primarily affect the frontal and temporal lobes of the brain so those parts of your brain are generally associated with your personality behavior and language so it is different than alzheimer's and um what happens is that with frontotemporal dementia parts of those lobes shrink and um the signs and symptoms kind of vary depending on what part of the brain is affected but some people end up having really dramatic changes in their personalities Um, they might become emotionally indifferent or lose ability to use language property Uh, I'm sorry to use language properly speaking of (laughs) Um, and uh, the thing that's also I think extra heartbreaking about frontotemporal dementia is that it it affects people at a much younger age than Alzheimer's does. So frontotemporal dementia often begins between the ages of 40 and 65. Um, it can occur later in life as well. But uh, yeah, that it, this has all happened to my mom. Where My mom is 69. She'll actually be 70 in... Oh my gosh, three weeks, which is really exciting. But yeah, so <clears throat> my mom is about to be 70. I am 33. My brother is 28. So we all as a family, this is just like a very young age for everybody to be going through something like this. You know, you never anticipate a parent having this happen to them at this young of an age. And of course, my brother and I are... Uh, young like the the people who have come up to me generally after shows lately as i've been sharing this that say like thank you so much for talking about this my parent also has dementia you know the people that are coming up to me are in their like 50s or 60s and their parent is in their 80s or 90s Mm, so there it seems like a lot of the people uh who have come up to me 
have a parent with Alzheimer's. So it's just, it's, it's just so young. All of it is so young. So yeah, I, um, my, my brother and I had noticed some changes in my mom, um, maybe like 2018, 2019. And, but then things had kind of gotten better. And then 2020, I think was just such a hard time for everybody. And we were noticing more of those. It's such a subtle start often with frontotemporal dementia. And that, again, is another heartbreaking aspect of it because friends and family don't really know what's going on. Like, it doesn't seem outlandish enough initially for you to even think of saying, hey, maybe you should go to the doctor. Because it's Mm -hmm. just these very gradual over time changes in personality, changes in behavior. And because everybody was struggling so much in 2020, I think there were times where I just was like, man, she's, she's really being affected by the, the changes in life, the, the isolation, just how everything was so shut down. Yeah. And the, my mom, her entire life has been the most empathetic person I have ever met. Truly the most loving, just like nonstop ball of love. And I had noticed some changes like the, um, like the description of the disease says in personality that just didn't match who I had ever seen in my mom before. Mm. And then, uh, at the very, very beginning of 2021, I found my mom face down on her bedroom floor and called 911 and they took her to the hospital and she had um, a perforated stomach, perforated stomach ulcer. Her gallbladder was inflamed and full of stones and she had COVID. And so they did emergency surgery to try to repair those medical aspects of it, uh, of what was going on with her. And when she came out of surgery, she was a completely different person because what we didn't know is that she had this underlying dementia and apparently anesthesia can accelerate dementia, which is just something you don't, you don't know. I mean, how, like I said, we, we had no idea that that was something that was underlying and it's just so crazy that you can hug somebody and say, I'll see you after surgery. And you have no idea that when you hug that person before they go in, that that's the last time you will ever interact with that person, Mm -hmm. like that version of that person. And so she, um, she came out of surgery and like basically thought she had time traveled. And of course in the hospitals at the time, especially in the COVID unit uh, of a hospital, it's like everybody was in the full body suit. So that's of course that much more disorienting to come out of that, have anesthesia that accelerates dementia and then be seeing people who look like they're dressed like aliens. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that led into my mom being at the hospital for five months, which I know I talked about uh, in our year-end episode a year ago. 
when I was kind of giving like a brief overview of the, because our episode was the highs and lows of, of the year. Right. So that was my, I was talking about the low points. And so my mom was in the hospital for five months. They started to let me visit her about six weeks into her stay there because of all the COVID protocols, people weren't allowed to have visitors. And then it turned into like everybody could have, or at least maybe in some cases, people got to have one visitor. And so I went and was with my mom in the hospital every day for three and a half months. And that, uh, yeah, I mean, I've I've never experienced anything like that. And we almost lost her two different times during those three and a half months because she went catatonic. And so then they were telling me like, you're looking at a number of days and then she would miraculously pull out of that and kind of start to like function again, like be able to eat again, stuff like that. And then she fell and broke her hip like the, like the day or something like the day or two before she was supposed to get discharged she fell and broke her hip in the hospital. Then that led to her staying there longer. I mean, just an absolute. It was like anything that could go wrong kept going wrong. She finally got just discharged and um, has lived in an adult family home, which is kind of like a different version of a nursing home. It's a little bit more of a, of a home environment rather than that kind of clinical feeling that a nursing home can have. She's lived in an adult family home with full-time care 15 minutes from me for the last year and a half. And um, because she needs like full around-the-clock care, she is now no longer uh, mobile. Um, She can be put into a wheelchair and have somebody push her, but um, she's not able to walk anymore. And since those two times in the hospital that we almost lost her we've then almost lost her another three times after that it's been like five different times of me getting phone calls of like she took a turn this is it she's she's not able to eat she's not responsive and um i don't know if you guys remember in june of this year that i went to london to shoot a TV show and I'm super excited about that and I got to London and 24 hours after I landed I got a call saying that my mom um again her health had just like suddenly declined and they thought about that it was about to be it so I got back on a plane and flew home uh and that was <laughs> one of the longest flights of my life like being so terrified that something was going to happen while I was in the air and um, we were able to by some miracle she pulled through that one again. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you because at CarMax we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car you should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? 
Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. And as of right now, we're recording this at the end of December. She's medically stable right now. Um, but just the the decline... When I say medically stable, I mean like her vitals are good. But the mental decline just gets progressively worse and worse so I feel really grateful that at this time she still recognizes me and is still able to communicate with me although most of what she says doesn't fully make sense you know um there are a lot of hallucinations that happen and uh I mean it's just I'm sure I will in the rest of this episode say more things about kind of like her state but it's it's completely changed my life of course and we've been talking about me having period problems (laughs) and that started when my mom went into the hospital and I know that there were like I was also when I got the COVID vaccine but I think part of what has happened is like I have been in a constant state of grief for two years because when somebody in your life has a disease like dementia, you witness them slowly leaving you. It's this really, it's a very long goodbye. And especially that there have been like five separate occasions where I've been told this is it. Your, your body braces for this impact like you're about to get hit by a train and then if they pull through your body kind of relaxes for a second but it just means that the train got pulled back like for me that like that impact of what that is going to feel like when I lose her I like I am afraid for what that will be because I've I've never um I've never not had my mom in my life and yeah, uh, it's just, uh, it's terrifying. I've been so close with her my entire life. So I have mourned losing my mom, like the version of my mom I've had my whole life. I have mourned that what feels like every day for two years because it's just, um, it's, it, everything changes a little bit like on a month to month basis. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Well, thanks for sharing all that, Kels. I know this episode is going to help so many people. And, you know, I think a lot of people are going to connect with this. Um, What kind of stuff, if you remember in that, like in the early phases before you and your brother knew what was going on, do you remember any specifics that you noticed? Like, did she say things differently? Did she, you know, was she um, forgetting something that she wouldn't normally forget? Like, is there anything that you can remember from that like beginning period um yeah like some almost hallucination things but here's the thing my mom my mom is so smart she's in mensa she got her master's in french literature 
she speaks French, German, English, and some Italian. I mean, her brain, it's, <laughs> she's incredible. And mm-hmm. so she was smart enough, and she still is where, like, I think sometimes she tried, she was trying to hide what was happening. Mm. So she, and she's got this great sense of humor. So sometimes I would notice her do something and I would kind of point it out and be like, wait, what do you mean? And she would laugh and kind of, I think she could catch that there were things happening and then try to play it off like it wasn't. So I remember in 2020, we would FaceTime and there would be times where like if the ceiling fan was in the background or, or like a piece of art or something in the background of my FaceTime, to her, she would be like, what's that? Like, do you have something on your head? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, just some something starting of, right. of hallucinating. And I think a, a big telltale sign is having trouble navigating um like in a car doing being able to do things that you used to be able to do without any fear or anxiety that had become pretty crippling for my mom that she felt like she couldn't navigate anymore technology was really like not not her friend anymore it it was pretty debilitating to watch her try to get places in it Here's the thing is like in our society, I feel like there's so much talk around, oh, my, I'm getting older. My memory's going, right? We say that so casually of, oh, I'm, I'm getting older. You hear your parents say that, like, oh, man, I, I got I to gotta take my vitamins. My memory's being weird today. I'm, I, I got to write a bunch of things down on sticky notes. Yeah. And people do play that off. And sometimes it really is just old age, memory stuff. And then sometimes there's actually something going on. And when I had noticed some things with my mom a few years back, we actually did take her to go get an MRI. And they were able to see like some signs of like, I think there were some, some like plaques in her brain, but she passed the dementia test. So it's like a memory test. She passed that with flying colors and they weren't too concerned about what her MRI looked like. Mm. And I, I don't know if it was the combination of like environmental changes in 2020 with COVID mm. or like how I would be curious to know what an MRI of her brain looked like right before she went under for that surgery and right after like truly how much the anesthesia accelerated the dementia yeah but um but i don't know does it accelerate it because of just the chemicals that are going into your body like like a chemical reaction or i'm not totally sure i don't know if i I would assume it has something to do with that Mm -hmm. but yeah okay so what do you wish if there's anything what do you wish you would have known at the beginning of this process that you know now whether it's about caregiver burnout or like being an advocate for a family member when communicating with medical professionals or taking care of yourself like what do you wish you would have known at the beginning oh that's such a good question um okay i've i've three answers to three different parts of what you asked okay I would say I wish I had known about this disease, of course, so much earlier. I wish I had known 
that the signs are so subtle and that, because I think when we see a personality change in somebody, we assume personality disorder. Yeah. I don't think we always assume that there's medically a change in their brain that might be linked to a terminal illness. And I wish that I would have taken the signs that were happening with my mom and just kind of been like, you know what, let's go back to the doctor just in case. Mm-hmm. Like before, um, before I had found her on the floor from the, uh, the stomach ulcer and, and the, the reason she was in that state was because the stomach ulcer had gotten to a point where she was almost septic. So her white blood count was through the roof when she got to the hospital. And um, if I hadn't happened to be going over there that morning, um, she wouldn't have made it. I mean, she like it was a matter of hours that she could have continued in the state she was in. So that's why she had collapsed yeah. um, and was basically unconscious. So I would just say like, and again, this isn't to freak anybody out, certainly, because there are some changes I think that you see in your parents as they get older or family members as they get older that really are, don't have anything to do with an illness. But if you are noticing, especially like some apathy that has not been there before, maybe they are just not as connected to you in a way that they have been your whole life Uh, if you're just noticing behavioral changes or language changes or memory changes just go get an MRI or just take them to the like just go just in case right because yeah I I think in my mom's case nothing I, I don't know if anything could have been done differently just in her specific set of circumstances but I certainly wish that I would have taken like the, what I was talking about with the FaceTime. Right. I wish I wouldn't have kind of let her laughing it off made my guard go down. I wish I would have been like, no, that's really weird that she keeps doing that. That's not normal. And that's not like her. We should do something about that. Right. But, um, a lot of us, and it's what is natural, have this ingrained in us that like our parents know best mm-hmm. and that no matter how old we get, we're still the kids. Yeah. And we kind of like trust our parents to look after themselves and like that we we just don't think always, I think, to be um, like through the roof, over the top, like, oh, fuck, you know, that's kind of weird. I should really insist that she get it checked out. And unfortunately for my, you know, my, uh, my parents got divorced when I was five. And so my mom hadn't had a partner for a long time. And I think some things kind of fell on me. I'm the oldest between me and my brother, but I wasn't at the time, uh, in 2020, I wasn't living in the same city as her. It wasn't until the end of 2020 that we were living in the same city. And I would just really urge people. I know it sometimes feels like we're all busy we've got stuff going on but like truly if you see a change in somebody in your life that is not normal i really would urge you to get it checked out just in case yeah um for caregiver burnout (laughs) i wish i 
I wish I had better advice. It's the thing that I am still navigating the hardest because no one teaches you. I I had no medical background. I have no background in knowing how to cope with something like this. And especially with frontotemporal dementia or any sort of dementia, it's um it just takes it takes you to another planet you when you're interacting with that person and being a caregiver for them you're like you're not on earth you're kind of like communicating in their world which often doesn't make sense you're um communicating with them through hallucinations trying to Mm. it's such a gentle fragile thing where you never want to make them feel like they're crazy or or stupid for thinking the things they're thinking, but you also have to help keep them calm. It's really hard because part of dementia is like sometimes they get really, really upset and freaked out and think that like sometimes hallucinations can be, oh, people are coming for me. I'm in danger. People are coming for you. You're in danger. It's really hard to walk that line of like comforting them and letting them know that they're okay and that I'm okay but not making them feel crazy because that that's so isolating for them to feel like nobody listens to me nobody understands me but I know that this is true and you have to try in a way that's kind to be like it's okay it's actually not true but I understand why you might feel like that but it's actually okay it's it's so hard it's so hard and it's really nonstop. and when we did that exercise um she's a client of yours i can't think of her name at the moment but she was wonderful she came on into that exercise with us where we like wrote down on paper oh jennifer way yeah yeah uh, like a change manifestation like- yes yeah so i was really in that exercise trying to work with what i had felt like i i just was struggling with boundaries around caregiving and trying to protect myself and stay healthy physically and mentally. And I have found that it's really a tug of war for me. It's almost like a sobriety thing. Like I've felt like I kind of almost need a sponsor who's checking in on me to make sure I'm not overdoing it with the caregiving because there's a part of me that just wants to soak up every possible moment with my mom while I have even this version of her. And, but that's like a really, it's a really slippery slope because then you, like you lose sight of the rest of your life. You lose sight of your health and I, w- I wouldn't wish this on anybody. It's, it is by far the hardest thing I've ever gone through. So I just think um, – I just reached out to a support group, actually. It's the oh, first good. time I've done that. I, I, for a long time, thought I didn't want to be a part of a dementia support group because I was like, oh, well, it's just one – like another part of my day that's going to be spent thinking about this, and I feel like I need to – find ways to escape or compartmentalize but I actually I'm gonna give it a try for the first time next month and I feel like 
the isolation of what's been happening in the last two years has become worse than what it would be to just connect with people. Like, I feel like yeah. the isolation is more painful and not really having my, my brother doesn't live here um, in this state. And I have a cousin who lives here who is very, very close to my mom. And so she has, she has visited my mom a lot, but yeah, you do feel like there is nobody in your life that knows what it's like and knows what you're going through exactly. So I think a support group is going to be helpful for me for that. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, and then to answer the last question you asked about, like, what can people do to advocate advocate for, to advocate, advocate? Why am I? Advocate. Advocate, but you can be an advocate. Yeah. It's so funny how that's <laughs> flipping in yeah. my mind right now. <laughs> um, how you can advocate for the person in your life uh, who has this, that to me has been probably the most disheartening, eye-opening part of all of this is to see how broken our healthcare system is and mm-hmm. how if you if you don't make sure that that person is okay, they can really slip through the cracks. Yeah. And that has been an unfortunate part of the caregiver burnout is, you know, I've had people be like, just try to focus on being the daughter and just, you know, try your best to trust that she's being taken care of. And unfortunately in the last couple of years, I have watched my mom be um, like gone through elder abuse. Essentially, I've seen her go through neglect in the healthcare system. Uh, her her falling and breaking her hip in the hospital was complete. It was just neglect. It was she should not have been unmonitored like that and unsupervised in the state she was in. And there have been countless other things that I don't. I don't know that I want to bring up on here, but, uh, my God, it's been unbelievable how much, because people who are employed as nurses, I know I can't speak directly for them, but both in the hospital and in settings like an adult family home, they are also overworked. They are also burnt out and they are only human. Yeah. So whether it's somebody intentionally being neglectful or just truly like they haven't been able to take care of themselves to a point where they can properly take care of others. But there have been many times where like, if I 
hadn't been visiting my mom as frequently as frequently as I have been and like as involved so many times that I don't I don't know if she would still be here yeah because some of the times that I've noticed something if it hadn't been rectified at that moment would not have led to an okay um end of that path yeah so I would just say like really try to have a good support system in your life and do what you can within reason to make sure that this person is being taken care of properly but also try to think of it like the oxygen mask on an airplane if you don't take care of yourself as well then you're not even going to have yourself to take care of them right and uh, a couple comforting things that I've heard from one of my best friends who lost their mom to cancer a handful of years ago was there will never be enough time with them. Like even if my mom was able to live a full, long, healthy life, I would still want more time with her. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a, I, that sounds kind of dark, but it's there's a comfort in that where it's like me trying to squeeze every last drop of time with her. It's like there will there will never be enough, no matter how much time I spend with her. Um, and then another thing that this friend said that really stuck with me is she's like, you are your mom's, like you and your brother are your mom's entire world to not take care of yourself is doing her a disservice because you are her pride and joy. Like if you don't take care of yourself, it it goes against everything that she's done to to raise you to to support you to encourage you to take care of you it's like if you stop taking care of yourself if you don't go keep fulfilling the dreams that you have with your career with your life um it it goes against her desires and i know that feels backward sometimes at least for me it does to be like oh i have to take care of myself because it's what she would want because most of the time i feel like i have to go take care of her Cause that's mm-hmm. what she would want, but it's like, mm-hmm. there's only one you, <laughs> like you can't, right. you can't do everything. So, um, I think that's, I think this is all why my period has not really recovered in two years because it's, it is nonstop this yeah. feeling of grief. And, um, you know, I've never talked about this on my social media Um, this is the first time on the podcast really opening up about it like this. And I'm just hoping that kind of releasing it a little bit will help my body as well. And also the freaking IUD that's in me. (laughs) So, but yeah, Yeah. I just felt it's, it's been very heavy. Yeah. Um, I have a few more questions for you unless you want to wrap it up. No, that's okay. Okay. Um, what are... Or how has this changed your perspective, whether it's about life, relationships, what you want to do with the time you have? Like, has there been any significant difference that you've noticed in how you approach your day to day now? Yeah, for sure. I get caught up in um, little things so much less. Yeah. And I, I talked about that on the year end episode a year ago. But 
it does truly put things into perspective, things that I used to get hung up on or upset over or um, frustrated about. It's like, it just changes you. It really changes you as a person. I know it's all that cheesy gratitude stuff of like, be grateful for every day, but truly be grateful for every day. Um, I, it's, then this is a cheesy thing too, but like truly tell the people in your life that you love, that you love them. Mm-hmm. Like really make sure that people know. Yeah. And I feel so fortunate that I get to tell my mom that all the time and like have her really know and feel it and feel it back from her. That is maybe the only upside of a long goodbye is that like I've had these last couple years and I hope more with her um, to like really, really tell her everything I've wanted to ever tell her and just for her to hopefully really feel how much she means to me. Mm-hmm. So that's like the one tiny gift of this nightmare. But yeah, just um, it's, it's just, it's changed the amount of gratitude I have. It's changed how much I care about things that are truly insignificant. Yeah. What do you, when you spend time with your mom, what kind of things are you able to do together? How do you spend your time with her now that, you know, things are, things are very different? Yeah. So my time with her now is more spent, like I will uh, pull up a chair next to her bed. We'll watch um, TV and movies together. That's how most of her time is spent now is watching TV. And I'll try to play like a card game with her. Um, We'll sometimes do like try to do a trivia thing together. And it doesn't really like, how do I explain it? You're not like really doing it right? Like you're not like actually playing like a real card game, but you're, I try to think of like, what can I do to make her day more interesting? When the weather's nice out, I will um, take her out for walks in her wheelchair. I had her, (laughs) I've got her foosball table out of her storage unit and had it moved into the adult family home that she's in. And so there was a period of time where I could roll her wheelchair up to the foosball table and we would kind of just like gently play <laughs> foosball. Mm. Her, her motor skills aren't really there anymore. And then we haven't done that for a while because her, her motor skills have continued to decline. But yeah, it's, there aren't a lot of options of, of things that I can do when I'm with her, but she she still gets a lot of joy from like food and treats <laughs> and mm. so i'm always bringing her like her favorite chocolates or starbucks frappuccinos that she likes just trying to trying to like give the small pleasures in life to her still uh and yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah so what kind of things have you implemented to prioritize your self-care once you kind of learned more about caregiver burnout and not being able to like push through that, obviously, what kind of things did you implement to kind of change that up? This has been a pretty recent thing, but my brother and I have landed on a call schedule with one Mm. another because um, I have tried to see my mom 
once or twice a week in the last year and a half since she got out of the hospital. Uh, but the days I don't see her, I always try to call every day. And what I've noticed is that even phone calls uh, are really devastating for me. Mm -hmm. And even if it's like a positive phone call, uh, again, like there's not, the conversation isn't very coherent, but like, even if it's, even if she's in good spirits and we're able to say like exchange, I love yous and all of that, it wrecks me afterward just because I'm so emotional. I, it just is, it's yeah. so gut wrenching. It's so sad and hard. So I have noticed for me that even if she's like medically stable, it's not healthy for me to be communicating on an everyday basis. Yeah. And I fucking wish it was like that because that goes directly against that whole like I'm trying to squeeze every drop of of time I have with my mom out. Mm -hmm. But I uh, apparently I can't like I I I can't do it. And that's like a hard, really hard thing for me to admit because it makes me feel um, like weak or something mm. that I can't like I, I wish I could handle it. I wish that I well, I don't know that I wish for this, but I just I feel so close to her that it just does it does impact me really hard every time I talk to her because I just like, I just miss my mom so mm. much. And when we had Crystal, the human design expert on, and she talked about that my uh, human design is that I'm very open and that I like really feel what other people are feeling. It's hard for me to talk to my mom and not think about like, God, what is her experience right now? Right what is it like to have what she has? Like, what are her thoughts? Is she, is she in pain? Is she, is she aware of what's going on with her? Um, it's, I don't, I guess maybe based on the human design thing, it's like, it's just who I am, but I have a really hard time compartmentalizing that or it just being a phone call. Because it's not, it's, that's the thing is like, it's not just a phone call with your mom. It's mm -hmm. with somebody who has this really intense disease. And so I've hated making these boundaries with myself and kind of being my own sponsor of like, you cannot, you can't do this every day because it's not, I don't want, I don't want to be an emotional wreck every day even if it's just for like 10 minutes a day mm -hmm. after two years that adds up right and I think that's the point I've gotten to is this feeling of like chronic I don't know if I would call it depression but it's like this like this the wound of going through this with my mom is so raw and open because it never heals yeah. It's just like been open and every day, every time I interact with her, every time I see her, it just opens it that much more. So that has been my self-care thing and it's been very recently that I've implemented it is not allowing myself to call her every day 
uh, and it's really hard for me. I, I really miss, I really miss her so much on the days, especially that I don't talk to her, but it's the, I have to think of it as the oxygen mask on the airplane. It's like, right. You are doing her a disservice to make yourself sick or, um, unable to function and do the other things you need to do in the day. So my brother, um, calls the days that I don't call and we just, we just do it like that. And that takes some pressure off of me to feel like she's at least communicating with one of her kids every day. Right. Right. Is there anything else? Like the thing that your friend said is so good about, you know, if you don't take care of yourself, you're really doing her legacy of, of huge disservice. Right. Right. Is there anything else that you have read or learned or told yourself that kind of makes you feel okay to like stop putting your own life on hold in certain areas or your own, you know, whatever you want to do, goals, things like that. Is there anything else that's helped with that or ease that? Yeah. And this was another piece of advice from, um, from this friend. She said that if your mom was healthy, like the version of your mom that you've had the vast majority of your life, and she knew this was about to happen to her, she would never, ever want you to do this to yourself. Like mm-hmm. she would never want you to um, make yourself sick trying to help. And she would never want you like – the whole like me leaving London, it's hard to know what she would have said for something like that. She, my mom has always been my number one cheerleader and fan for comedy. She has supported me always from the very beginning. And the thought of me being flown to London to shoot a TV show, I know would have like, like the healthy version of my mom. Oh my God. She would have she would have cried tears of joy, I think, or at least gotten like intense goosebumps over me doing something like that. She would have been so proud and so excited. And so um, I'm not sure what healthy her would have said in terms of like me leaving to come back. It's not like I left when they were like, yeah, I don't know. She's like just a little different. The call I got was like, we think this is it. So uh, there was just no way that I was going to stay in London that week and potentially um, risk having her pass while I was gone. It was just like not an option for me. But um, I have really – it's very hard because it's been a long time actually since she's been her, like the her that I grew up with. But I really do try to th- try to like really remember that version of her and think of her watching – things happen in my career or, um, you know, like my relationships growing in my life and stuff like that. And that just how happy she would be and that that's what she would want. And if any of those things were hindered because I was trying to take care of her, that would, I think really devastate her. I think that's like really the opposite of what she would want. And, um, yeah, it's really hard, hard to like actually do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kels, is there anything else that, you know, you want to share or any other piece of advice you want to give somebody who might be 
going through something similar or just anything, any other words on your mind? Ooh, it's probably just repetitive of what I said, but if you are going through something like this, I know that I have felt more alone (laughs) than I ever have in this sort of a situation. Please know that you are not, and I'm looking forward to going to a support group that will hopefully also really reinforce that, that you are not alone and going through it. And um, please take care of yourselves. I'm, again, saying that out loud to (laughs) tell myself that, to take care of myself. And... Tell the people in your life that you love them. Tell the people in your life that you love them. And if you see changes happening that, even if you don't understand them, but you just see changes, it is worth having them go to the doctor. I know sometimes our parents are stubborn and don't want to go to the doctor. So I know it's kind of like what's within your control, but do what you can within reason if you see something happening that you feel like should be looked at by a medical professional because you just never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All good. All good advice. Um, do you want to wrap this up with a quote? <laughs> sure. I know well, you yeah, we start with a quote, yeah. but we can wrap it up with one. Sorry for the, uh, some of you don't think about until you're on a podcast and you're sniffling. Sorry for the sniffling. That probably sounds no. gross in your ears. You don't have to apologize, babe. Um, Okay, this one. So we kind of looked up some things about resilience and perseverance and stuff. So this one is the human capacity for burden is like bamboo, far more flexible than you'd ever believe at first glance. And that is a Jody Picholt quote. Yeah. How does that one strike you? Yeah, I have gone through things in the last two years that I never imagined I could withstand physically or mentally. But I do think you shouldn't like, don't push yourself to the limit, which is what I've done. And I've had people truly be like, I have seen bodies do very scary things from stress. So like you have Mm -hmm. to, you have to stop, like you have to find ways to take care of yourself. So yeah. That's why I'm trying very hard to do that. And it's a lot easier said than done. But even implementing that small, like, calling schedule with my brother, I'm hoping it's going to help me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, why don't you lead the way on how you want to wrap this episode up? I'll leave that um, up to you. (laughs) I think I've said everything I can say for now. But, yeah, I, I do hope that talking about this helps people feel more connected um, if they're going through something like this, or maybe it helps you if you're seeing changes in a loved one, take some action if you can. But um, yeah, feel free to, so our email for the show is selfhelplesspodcast. Is it the self-helpless or just self-helpless? Selfhelplesspodcast at gmail.com. Oh, that's right. Selfhelplesspodcast at gmail.com. If you um, have gone through anything like this, I would personally love to hear from you. Uh, Again, I am at a place in all of this now where I'm really looking for connection because trying to be isolated with it has been too hard. So I would love to hear um, if any of you have tips, if you've gone through something similar or are going through something similar. And yeah, now you guys know what. Yeah. What 
has well some of what's been happening i know it's it's too much to even talk about all of it but yeah mm -hmm. well on behalf of everybody tuning in including myself thank you for sharing and opening up and talking about your experience and we love you thank you i love you too i love you guys too and we have we have such a special itunes review my god i uh came at a per perfect time <laughs> yeah geez i read it um i read it before we started recording i was like holy shit this is so nice so this is from sean 50 and she is just such a wonderful person she's a big comedy fan um and i met her recently so this is what she said she says i loved everything about this sad to say this is the first time i've listened to this podcast i should have listened the first time it was mentioned to me i had the pleasure of meeting kelsey in tempe arizona this last october at chad daniel's show chad's episode is the first one i listened to i enjoyed being able to chat with her and chad and see the amazing connection they had together listening to this podcast has cemented my first thought that Kelsey is genuinely a kind and caring person. I feel honored to have been able to meet her. I'm looking forward to getting to some shows when I can as well. This review is probably already too long, so I'll leave with this. I came here as a Chad Daniels fan, but I'm leaving as a self-helpless fan as well. Thank you. I will be listening. God, oh, Sean. So, nice. <laughs> so sweet. Man, it's like, this is what we're talking about. Like, you never know when you guys leave us these reviews what's happening in mine and Delaney's lives. Yeah. It can really like, God, it, it's so nice. Um, thank you. Thank you so much, Sean, for those incredible words. And thank you to all of you who have left iTunes reviews before. We really appreciate it. Yes. I second all that. Yeah. I don't have a segment. <laughs> no, no, was... no. I don't have a segment. I don't need to plug anything. <laughs> I think we can just call it a day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I hope you guys have an awesome week and we will talk to you next time. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Self Helpless Podcast. You can find our Patreon community, merch, and our individual work at selfhelplesspodcast.com. We'd be thrilled if you shared this episode with a friend or feel free to post it on Instagram and tag at selfhelplesspodcast so we can repost you and say thank you. 